I got curious recently, and I wanted to see, you know, which which show we had seen the most episodes of, you know, because we've talked about that periodically a few times, and, and then I, but I also was kind of curious, which seasons of show have we watched the most episodes of hmm. for the show so far? Okay. So I, I was curious if you had any guesses before I, before I actually said it. Like I did, um, I did kind of go through all of them. I f- feel like we've had. I mean, there was a run there where we had a lot of Voyager, and I feel like most of it was like later Voyager, like Voyager seasons, like five or six. Um, I would guess are probably up there. Like I feel like D- Deep Space Nine and TNG, we've had kind of like a smattering throughout. Maybe like season four-ish of TNG, I feel like mid-TNG. Yeah, I feel like mid-TNG, late Voyager, and then kind of like all throughout Deep Space Nine. But I guess Voyager's probably our f- most, and maybe then Deep Space Nine. Yes, so that's, that's very good. So so we've, we've watched 21 episodes of Voyager, 16 of DS9, 12 of TNG... Six of Enterprise, five of TOS, uh, two of Discovery, and one of animated series, mm. and then n- none of Picard and Lower Decks. Yeah, uh, and and we and one movie. <laughs> right. Um, so I guess I don't know. I should count the movie as part of TOS, but um, the we there we have a tie for there. There are two seasons of Star Trek that we have watched five episodes of, Voyager season six, and DS Nine. Season five. Interesting. Okay. For fours, we've watched we've watched four episodes from DS9 season two, and then four from Voyager season two, and four from Voyager season five. Those are the ones we've seen four of. So, yeah, you're pretty pretty dead on. Um, I also just I went to I went I went to look and see which which seasons have we not watched anything from at all. So we we have not seen anything from uh, animated series season two. Nothing from uh, DS9 Season 3. Hmm. We've seen at least one episode in all the seasons of TNG and Voyager. And then we, have, we haven't seen anything from Enterprise Season 4 or the last two seasons of Discovery or either of the single seasons. Well, I guess probably by the time this episode comes out, yeah, yeah, still probably. Well, the, yeah. the second season of Lower Decks will be in progress, and we haven't watched anything from that yet either. Yeah. So, uh, Other than our specials, of course, which are all-encompassing right but check those out yeah i thought that was kind of interesting to i i ds9 has been on the on the upswing though lately so i think yeah we're i mean this one this is our last of a run of like three in a row i think of ds9 you're right and looking looking at the next 11 that we're doing because we 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 did our random number generator today to do the next number of them and i won't say how many are coming from each one but i will say that there is one more ds9 episode in the next 11 episodes than there is a Voyager, so it'll, it'll gain them a little bit more. Um, but uh, yeah, an interesting list we have coming up. But we'll, you guys, yeah, see that I'm, I'm excited in. for for some of what's coming. Hi everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard, and I'm Brady Jungle. But today we're talking about uh, Frankie Love Songs, another DS9 episode. It's DS9 Season 5, Episode 20, and it is written by Iris Stephen Bear and Hans Bengler, who wrote the last episode we, we talked about. And it was directed by 
uh, the guy who I can never say his last name, uh, Rene. Uh, I, it's the guy who plays Odo, but it's. I was going to um, say this is so there. Rene, yeah, this is the guy that plays Odo. This is Rene. Yeah, there's a there's another there's Rene. I, I, can, I don't know how to say his last name. I should. Yeah, there's yeah there's two different Renes with long last names who who work on DS9 <laughs> in particular, and um, yeah, this is Rene. Abajona. I, I I should look yeah. that up. I apologize. My apologies to the Rene estate because I know uh, he's no longer with us, sadly. But um, I will look that up before the next time that uh, we talk about him, and I will make sure that I have his name right. I didn't realize until we started recording today that he was the director. Yeah, I didn't. So. I didn't know that he. I mean, I, I I guess many cast members direct some episodes, but I didn't realize that he he did directing as well. Well, I apologize to him if I got his name wrong, but I think he directed a very fun episode of this show. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether you agree. You might have hated this. This seems like the kind of thing that someone could hate, but I really liked it. Um, the The plot of this episode, according to Memory Alpha, is Quark discovers that his mother and Grand Nagus Sek have fallen in love with each other. Rom and Lita's relationship hits a rocky patch. Um so as, as that plot summary and, of course, the name of the episode would indicate, this is a pretty Frankie-heavy episode, and uh, which I always like. I like a, Frank, a good Frankie episode. This is also, you know, after, you know, the first almost, first, like, 40-plus episodes of not, uh, or maybe even 50-plus episodes, I think, of not seeing Grand Nega Zek. We now have seen him twice in the span of not yeah. not very long. So we got another Zek episode here. Um, I know the last time we talked about him... You know that was his first his first appearance, and we there was kind of this thing of you kind of liking that episode, but also kind of it, it not really being very revelatory about the way that Ferengi society works. And I think this one is much more kind of gets into the weeds on that stuff. Yeah, I think and a little also, bit more. Also, it's like it's very very like sitcommy. I think you texted me yesterday, kind of <laughs> saying that like this this like jumps hard into sitcom territory yeah I mean, especially like, like, a, like, like a, a s- very specific like wacky 90s sitcom of the just like yeah uh-oh my the nagus is gonna be my stepdad yeah i mean there's even like the, it's it's so it's so sitcom that there's even a line I, I i i imagine you probably noticed this where there's an i love lucy joke in this episode where because uh this is this episode yeah as as we stated it's about um Quark's mom, who he and he and Rom call Moogie, is falling in love with the Grand Nagus, basically like the president or the king of Fringinar. And there's at one point when um, Rom comes back to his mom's house, he comes in and he says, Moogie, I'm home. Like in, in the, the exact <laughs> like cadence of of Ricky Ricardo from I Love Lucy. Yeah. Which is just, it's like so dumb, but like I yeah. made me laugh though. I, I think what really did it for me uh, was the scene where they're like, his mom and the negus are like sitting next to each other and holding hands. And he says something along the lines of like, your mother and I are going to be seeing a lot of each other in the future or something like, like something like just very much like out of a, like yeah. that whole trope of just like the person that you like would least expect, like now is going to be your stepfather. Yeah. I mean, all, all, all of like the nineties and even to a degree like TOS, but like all of like the nineties, Star Trek shows, I think, had some little comedy bits in, like, they would like to do a comedy episode every now and then, but I think DS9, unless there's some real knee slappers in coming up in Voyager that I haven't watched yet, like, 
DS9, I feel like... I'm not even going to say that it was the best, because I'm sure that for some people, like, this is, like, too much. But I think DS9, like, went the hardest when they would when they would do a, like a comedy uh-huh. episode they'd be like yeah let's let's really make it like a comedy yeah episode let's make it be really goofy and yeah have like um, people I'm, I'm very materializing much inside quirk's childhood closet yeah yeah like that's <laughs> i mean uh, i okay you, you you gotta tell me you gotta tell me whether you like this episode or not because i <laughs> i loved it I, I i i did i probably didn't as much as you but i did i thought it was a lot of fun um yeah. Okay. Good. Again, like good, it's good. a very I'm glad, different I'm glad to hear feel it. than I feel it's... like most of what we've seen from Star Trek before, but it's it's fun mm-hmm. um, and like the performances are great. Um, yeah. And like they did, they do this a lot with Frenchy episodes in particular. Like, there's a lot of Frenchy episodes like that like have like a, this feel where like they all have to do a job, but they're like screwing up the job or or. I mean, it, it doesn't always work either. Like, there's one, there's one, like one of the worst episodes of like any Star Trek show is like Quark becomes a woman, and like they try to make that a funny episode, and it's, it's it does not work. It's not good, but they they definitely they they give it a go a lot with Fringe episodes. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, this one is very, it's very like they very much hit the the jokes and the like comic situations in that. Um, yeah, is this our first episode with with Brent in it too? Or did he appear in the Negus? Yeah, this is the first episode we've watched with Brent. He's been in, I think, this is the first episode we watched with Brent anyway. But he's 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 on the show a good amount. But this is this is not the first time he's appeared in DS Nine. But I think he's the first time he's appeared in that the we've show. seen. Yeah, yeah, he's not in. He's not in. Yeah, because I knew he was like a recurring character. Um, that I, I found him entertaining. Again, like incredibly well, over the great. top, but but a lot of fun. Yeah, I love I love Brent. Well, I've I've, I've talked about this before. The guy who plays yeah, I think we've talked about Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs, yeah, who plays who plays uh, Wayne, and it's uh, he's yeah, he's so good, <laughs> and I, it's so he's so good. Although uh, Kim point Kim pointed out that you can always tell the difference between um, Quark and Rom and and Nog, and then like anyone else who is on the show who plays a Frangie because I and I think it's she she said it's it's particularly true of of Jeffrey Combs because it's like, they're just not used to talking through those weird Ferengi teeth. Yeah. And so like, uh, you know, everything that Brent says, he kind of, he kind of talks like this. he does. He talks like his mouth is full basically. Right. Um, a little bit, a little bit. Um, and maybe, you know, I could, Jeffrey Combs is so good that I could see that being an intentional choice to a degree, just because he also plays another character on the show. And there is one episode where they're both on the show at the same time. But, um, yeah, you can tell like when there's like a, when there's like just a guy who's there to play like one, Who's, who's like never on the show again? Who's just like a friend who uses one episode because they usually yeah. can't speak quite as clearly as Quark and or as as like uh, yeah, as Quark and and uh, Rom can. So I that, I feel like that would happen occasionally with Klingons too. Like I think there are some Klingons who can't really get around. The, oh yeah, who got some the teeth? The but, teeth. Because I have wondered before with Klingons, but yeah, especially like with Quark and that if they have like different ones for. Like, do they make ones that are kind of less prominent for people that they know are going to be talking all the time on the show? Like, does, um, you know, does like Armin Shimmerman just have a have a different mouthpiece? Or, I mean, I've always and and it's I don't know the answer to that because because Max Rodenchik who plays Rom, like he always does sound a little bit like he talks in a weird way, but I feel like that's a character choice. But also like. His mouth, I think, is way more jacked up than Quark's is, and so maybe that is a 
Yeah, Just like Quirk. I mean, his around. teeth are definitely like pointy, but I feel like they're not like super like prominent or anything. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's a lot of talk about <laughs> Frankie teeth. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think the, the one other thing I would say about this before we kind of get into it is that I think that even though this is like a funny episode, I think the other thing about that I think I kind of like is that there is actually I think kind of an interesting like story point that's being made as well um that, that kind of is paralleled between i think is actually like pretty well written where it's like it's it where it's paralleled between both of the, the the a plot and the b plot and then even like the very little we see of the other characters i think is they're even kind of like echoing this theme a little bit um in, in a very like funny way but also in a way that it's like oh yeah i think there's actually like something here that's like kind of fun so um yeah, so why don't you uh, why don't you take us into the what this episode's about? Yeah, so so basically the episode starts with Quark being sort of like comically depressed um, in a very I I very much enjoyed this just from the start of just him being like like almost like wanting to like really kind of like playing up being depressed a lot. Yeah, like he's you know he he's found out that he's lost his. Ferengi business license right and so like can't earn earn profit or like be part of like the commerce guild or whatever the the Ferengi whatever the thing that Brent has always announced that he's yeah the uh, the yeah Ferengi commerce authority I think um well so it, it the reason why just just as like a brief a brief background reason the reason why he lost his thing is because he, he keeps having these run-ins with Brent who hates his guts and uh, I think like the previous season or maybe earlier in the season or something, Quark thought he had a terminal illness. And so he went about selling all of his body parts. The, so like, after he died, he could, all of his body parts would be sold off. And then uh, it turned out that he didn't actually have the disease, but then all of his body parts were bought by Brunt. And so Brunt came to collect, even though he's like, it doesn't matter whether you're alive, whether you have the disease or not, you still owe me all these body parts. And so, basically, since Quark is still alive, he has... He was, like, in breach of he contract. He was breach of contract, so, that, so that's why he got kicked out, is because he broke, he broke a contract, which is, like, you know, the unforgivable sin uh, uh, among Ferengi. <laughs> I do enjoy... I, I guess it would, I should go through the plot first, and then we can talk about how much I... I do enjoy the, like this episode is a look into Ferengi culture and just kind of like how it's written as like everything being framed in terms of like business and money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I'll, I'll, I'll get back into that when we, when we get there, but, but yeah. And so he's, he's depressed because he's lost his business license and kind of, it starts out with like people trying to cheer him up and him just kind of like throwing his hand over his forehead and being like, no, leave me alone. I'm depressed depressed and like mm, why yeah. won't everyone just like stop being so happy and let me wallow um and and as part of that uh his brother rom comes in and announced that he's uh he's engaged and he's gonna get married yep and to to lita who we i don't know if we've seen if we've seen lita on our on our show our podcast before. no yeah because she's because she used to date we have seen her because she used to date bashir before she started dating Oh yeah, I think she had a, in the in the in the cards, right? Like yeah, that's the one has, that they're saw, trying to like steal uh, teddy Bashir's bear. teddy bear back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and so so basically, then Rom kind of tells Quark the person who can be here for him is is their mom, and so Quark goes back to Ferenginar and just kind of like shows up unannounced at his mom's house, 
and just basically decides he's going to like move back in with her. And then we get this this like very funny scene where he like go, goes back into his old bedroom and like opens his closet to hang up his coat and just like the closet opens and like holds the coat and like you see the grand Nagus like reach out and like grab it and he closes the door and then like pauses for a second and, like opens the door again and yeah Nagasek and his like body man are are there hiding in his closet in a I, I do feel like the one thing that kind of like that was still like a great great like funny shot and scene um but they spoiled it just a little bit because they listed Wallace Shawn in the like opening sort of like guest stars sure yeah like as the episode starting if you like see across the bottom it's like you know like guest starring jeffrey combs is brunt and like wallace sean is grand Nagus. so you already knew that he was going to be in the episode at some point um which it could have been like a little bit more of a surprise if they hadn't tipped their hand there but yeah they they did a lot of 90s tracking it is it is annoying because like i can't did i tell you this we went we just recently watched the episode of of voyager with amelia Earhart in it and Okay. I, yeah. I, and I knew Amelia Earhart was come was going to be on. I didn't know what 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 episode, but like I knew she was going to be in Voyager at some point because you know it's because I played that timelines game. But but we're watching it. And Kim doesn't know this. My wife and we we're, we're watching this, and so it like it's listing the, it's listing the people, and then like it kind of gets it says like and blah 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 as I don't remember her the actress's name as. Amelia Earhart and Kim's like what and it's like yeah that would have been a lot more fun if you had if you had gotten to see that it was Amelia Earhart like you know you for those people it's like either don't don't use their role names or like yeah, like, like throw just, it at the end it's like I feel like I feel like that's happened before credits. with like I remember uh, speaking of of like Star Trek actors I I feel like they used to do that on like the show Fringe sometimes when when Leonard Nimoy would be on that that show they would keep it a secret and at the end they would be like Leonard Nimoy as in like the closing credits yeah well even like I think uh is it search for Spock that like Leonard Nimoy isn't in the credits for it oh is he not that's interesting at least not in like the opening ones there's some there's some movie like that where like the whole kind of the whole like thing of the movie is that they're like you know they're trying to like find someone to track someone down and so they or, or, or I think like Justice League like uh, Henry Cavill isn't isn't in the at least like the opening credits. Yeah, I think that they did that with um, Matt Damon in uh, Interstellar. Spoiler alert, I guess for Interstellar, but uh, uh, I don't. He's he's, he's like not, none of the pro, press material for it. I don't think he's in. I don't think he's like listed like at the beginning either. Um, but yeah, um, it's it's a bummer. It's a bummer. I agree with you. It, it would be more fun yeah. if you just didn't know it at all. It's still it's still a great great shot though. Um, it's funny too because it's like they kind of do it twice because basically he's like, "Wait a minute, why are you in my closet?" And then the Nagus says, "You're banned. You're not supposed to be on Fregnar because you're banned from the Commerce Guild." And so he starts leaving, and it all, like he gets back out to the foyer before he's like, "Wait a minute, why is the yeah. why is the Nagus here at, at, at why are my you house? even like in my like mother's house?" Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. And the, and ba- so basically, kind of what Quirk ends up finding out is that his his mother and the Grand Nagus are like in love and have been dating, um, and so like he's kind of a little uncomfortable with this, but is also still just trying to like suck up to the Nagus and impress him because 
he thinks there's a chance that the Negus could get him reinstated into the Commerce Guild. And the Negus says that, like, he doesn't really have that power and, you know, Quirk broke a contract and there's nothing he can do. And then Quirk goes back into his bedroom and then Brent teleport, like, transports into his closet also. <laughs> um, and so you have this whole, you know, Quirk, like, hears this, this like, transporter sound and then opens his closet again and Brent is just, like, standing in there. And I, I assume that this is just something he does throughout the show, but just always introduces himself as Brent FCA. Yeah, every time. Um, like, any time he appears, he just in- introduces himself to people who, like, clearly know who he is. Yeah, yeah. And so Brent basically tells Quirk that, like, he has found out that the Negus and Quirk's mother are dating, and this is something that has to be broken up because like if people found out it would be disgraceful because the whole thing with Quirk's mother is that in like traditional Ferengi society, women aren't allowed to have any property at all or wear clothes either or wear clothes. They always say, yeah, um, that they're just supposed to be like in the, like stay at home and like not wear clothes and just like basically be like slaves for the men like, you can't own property, definitely can't, like, earn profits. And there's, I think, is it a TNG episode, I think, where there's, like, a, a woman Ferengi that's, like, disguised as a man and, like, is going out and, like, making business deals and earning profits? No, that's DS9 episode two. Is that in DS9? Okay. Yeah. Is that Quark's mother or is that a different woman? Uh, well, that well, there is there is an episode where Quark finds out that his mother is... Secret learning profits, but that no, the the person who's in disguise as a man is, is somebody else. Okay. Um, but yeah, and so then, so he basically says like, you know, if they found out that the the Nagus was like associating with someone like this, it would be disgraceful, and so you need to break them up. And then offers Quirk that if Quirk can break them up, then Brent will reinstate him into the guild and like give him his license back. And so Quirk does. He like goes and tells the Nagus like, you know, there's all these rumors that. Like, my mother is secretly planning to overthrow, like, the entire Frankie government and, like, start a revolution so that women can... Have rights. Yeah. Yeah, have equal rights. And the Negus is like, oh, no, and then they break up. And it's it's funny, I, I want to come back to this later, but, like, it's funny because the Negus has this weird kind of moment where he's he's so shocked that the, she would be thinking about doing this because, like, it's so wrong that women would have rights he thinks but at the same time it, it's he's kind of like well but you know I, I don't treat her like she doesn't have rights when i'm with her but like sh- surely this shouldn't be the case like surely this shouldn't be happening you know right almost as if like she's she's different than other like, he thinks that she's like different than other women you know yeah which is like I've, i feel like a like, yeah that's an interesting thing to kind of tap into that i feel like a lot of people have that where like they can generalize about a group and then like if they happen to know an individual from that group they kind of have to like in your mind you have to find a way to make both of those things work so either you have to like change your opinion of one or the other or like just kind of find a way to be like oh well they're that that doesn't count like that's a different thing because this is like this is the person that i am in love with yeah Um, and and I, I think that's what this episode is really all about. I, I think when you when you compare that to which we'll we'll talk about it, but when we get to yeah. the B plot, like that's what that's also about. That's even kind of like what that like weird little like scene with Odo and 
and Worf is about. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It, um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to touch on that, just you know, as as like a key point, I think, in this episode before you went on. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, and so, kind of then, you know, after they break up, then the Negus hires Quark to be his uh, first clerk, like kind of his like right hand man in all of his like business dealings and after just spending a day on that job what quirk realizes is that like the negus is getting old and like getting forgetful and doesn't have like especially doesn't have the head like for numbers that he always had that was kind of how he was able to be such a good businessman as he would know like all the all the the values of the futures market or different commodities and that um and so like as he's losing that then it's like causing kind of the whole market to sort of decline and go out of control. And then Brent comes back and gloats. And we find out that like, this was sort of his plan all along was that he knew that the Negus was losing his memory and that Quark's mother was actually like kind of the one pulling the strings um, from behind the scenes that like she was keeping him making the good like business decisions. And so without that, then the Negus was going to like let, you know, was going to make a bunch of mistakes and get replaced. And then like Brent would become Negus, which is what he is secretly wants. Um, and so Quark like convinces his mother and the Negus to get back together and, and then goes back to, to DS9 now that he's got his license again. Um, and the, so the B plot kind of what's, what's going on on the station at the same time is that, you know, Rom kind of announces that he's going to be marrying Lita, who is she's Bajoran. She's not a she's not a Ferengi, and so everyone, as they're congratulating him, kind of not meaning it to like cause harm, but they they're just like, you know, Rom, like we're so proud of you for like kind of giving up all these traditional Ferengi things and not acting like a Ferengi and being willing to marry a woman and like also let her have rights. And he like then starts to second guess himself and be like, "But I, but I am Ferengi," and so he tries to convince her to sign a space prenup, <laughs> right? A space prenup, which would cause her to like waive all of her like property to him. Yeah. So if they ever if they ever got divorced, that all of their stuff would be his stuff. Like she wouldn't get anything, basically. Yeah. Or I think even like even while they were married, I think like it it seems kind of extreme to the point of like that. Basically, she would agree to Ferengi custom that like she wouldn't be allowed to own anything or like earn any profits. Mm. And he doesn't necessarily, <laughs> I think the key thing about this is that like, he doesn't necessarily care that she does this. <laughs> like almost it's like, it's like he doesn't want her to do this because like he really wants to, it's like he wants to do it because he feels like that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. He does. It's not that he wants her stuff or that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not like worried that she'll like try to steal all his profits or anything. Um, he just like, thinks that that's like he still wants to be a good Ferengi Mm -hmm. and so then she like refuses and they decide to call off the wedding and are both kind of like very angry at each other but also wishing the other one would come to their senses and they could still get married because they still love each other and (laughs) there's there's a great scene where he's like sitting in his room with all of his like uh like he has all of his latinum split into two piles yeah and like is just kind of staring at it and o'brien comes in to talk to him and he's like what are you doing he's like well you know i'm considering like maybe if i paid her like this much latinum like to bribe her to sign the agreement and o'brien is just like 
if you did that and then she signed the agreement, wouldn't <laughs> it all just still belong to you anyways? And he's like, yeah. oh, yeah. That scene also has a great a great exchange between those two because those two kind of have like a little friendship because Ron doesn't work for Starfleet. He works for the Bajoran um, government, which is why he wears like a different uniform. But he works on the ship as an engineer, so he works with uh, O'Brien a lot. So they have like a nice little, they have like a fun little relationship. And I'm seeing if, unbelievably, they don't have this on, as one of like the notable quotables from from this episode of Memory Alpha. But there's a little exchange where uh, I, I believe what I believe the exchange is. Um, Rom says, "Fringy rule of acquisition number whatever, Latin lasts longer than lust." And then, and then uh, O'Brien says, "Yeah." But lust is a lot more fun. <laughs> right. Again, O'Brien, who's been like happily married for many years at this point. Yeah. Um, well, you can lust. You can lust for your spouse. I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, Good. And he probably, you know, he probably does because he she spends so much time away from she's him. She's like never around. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I'm sure they they get to it when they when she's back on DS9. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, and so so then he decides to kind of make it up to Lita and actually like to prove like how much he loves her he like donates all of his money to the bajoran war orphans fund and so they get back together and presumably live happily ever after yeah i i thought this was honestly like it's obviously very like crappy for him to to have tried to get her to sign that thing in the first place but like i thought the resolution of this was so sweet because like you know again he doesn't he doesn't work for he doesn't work for starfleet so he does you know, he, he gets paid and he needs money. And so this actually is like a pretty big sacrifice for him. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be like if Jadzi had donated all the money she wins in Tongo to, right. to something like he, he does actually need that money. And so now like, you know, she, he's lost his, lost his life savings and, you know, and she's, she works at, I believe she's a Dabo girl. I believe she's either a Dabo girl or like a waiter at Quark's bar. So she's not, and she's not pulling down like a ton of cash. Oh, she 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 makes a little bit more money now because Rom helped helped everyone at Quark's Bar unionize in one of one of the best uh, <laughs> episodes of the entire show, which we'll get to at some point. But um, yeah, so it's like it actually is like a significant thing for him to do, and it's like sweet that like not only does he do it because he needs he's like he does it because he wants to show that it's not important to him, but it's like he also. That way, like if it's gone, he's like then it can never even tempt me. You know, like it can never tempt me to like treat you any different yeah. and then he also donates it to the war orphan fund for like her people Something that, like it matters to her yeah. yeah i just thought I, it was just like it was very sweet to me i don't know i really liked the way that that resolved it, it is him like being true to i think because that is something that kind of pumps up we you know we saw that a little bit in the first in the episode the last episode with the negus we watched where he kind of wants to take or he does take uh nog out of school and it's this thing of like he is being told like he has to live in a certain way because that's how Frankie's live. But like that's not really what's in his heart, you know. Like he, in his heart, like he is like a just a very nice, generous man, you know. And so like that's yeah. kind of like the realization that he has over the course of, of the show is that he doesn't have to like be as nasty as as like the Frankie rules of acquisition would require him to be, um, which yeah. is not really something that Quark ever a hundred percent learns, like. <laughs> Yeah, and Quirk, like, does, I think, talk a little in this episode about how he's, like, lived around humans too long, and they've, like, given him a little bit of a conscience. Yeah. But, but even even that, he's still, like, he's still kind of, everything he does is, you can 
end up ca- calling back to being motivated by like what's best for business. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a great this episode has so many like fun lines in it, but another great line in this is that at one point I think this is after Ishka, his mom has found out that he's the one who broke them up. Um, she says to him, "Don't you think of anyone but yourself?" And he says, "Of course I do. I just think I just think about myself first. Right? Uh, which is yeah. that's such a good that's that's like a, a perfect a perfect encapsulation of what his whole deal is, you know? Yeah, and I think this episode is a good example. And from what I've read, like, uh, Armin Schumerman especially, with, like, this was always kind of something he campaigned for, of, of, like, really committing to the fleshing out the idea of the Ferengi. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, like, if you really had, like, a society that was entirely built on business and profit, what it would what it would look like and like that it's not necessarily like they're not necessarily like evil or malicious like they kind of were when they first appeared in tng but it's just like that's what their priorities are and like that's kind of like unapologetically who they are you know there's like i think there's a point in this one where like his mom's like you're conniving and manipulative and and he's like oh that you say the nicest things to me mom or like, you know, I think at one point he tells his mom, like, oh, you always gave me the best financial advice, mom. And it's like this very, like, kind of sweet, like, loving thing that, like, that's kind of the most, those are like the highest compliments they can. But yeah, that, that was that great thing at the end with the action figures where oh, that's where right. he has these action figures that she saved. And he's so excited to have them, not be, not because he remembers them fondly from childhood, but just because he can sell them for a lot of money. And his mom right. says... Well, I told you when you were a kid that if you left them in the packaging, they'd be worth more money. <laughs> like, which is right. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. I will say though, too, it, it's interesting. I, I would say that you you say like it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like that they're bad, but like I do think that the show is actually pretty unapologetically like yeah, the actual society of the way the Frankie live their lives is not good, and that sure Quark can be like a more Quark is a more complicated person than the Frankie are in say tng like he he has like a more of an interior life and he can be a good guy sometimes and stuff but like the actual like what they're generally engaged in is not good i mean like you know certainly like all of the the, the women stuff is terrible like the you know yeah that uh, is, they that's... treat women really poorly and stuff but then even i think that it's like there's so much i think so much of the these episodes this one was more about the gender stuff than it was about the capitalism stuff but i think there's are, there's so much of the frankie stuff that is about unchecked capitalism and what a truly kind of like libertarian view of capitalism would actually mean, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is just the like, just kind of completely unchecked greed and how that, you know, would lead to people even, even, you know, dying because they somewhat for some reason agreed to sell their body parts on the stock market and then didn't end up having the, didn't end up having the disease. Um, so yeah, I think it's important to I think it's important to say that like I I think the show is very anti Ferengi society while still being interested in and actually fleshing out Ferengis as a as like individuals yeah as individuals and 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 the and the show does kind of like by the end of the show kind of you do see some progress on that front so they're not quite as awful like like their their system of like government and stuff ends up not being quite as awful as it is at the start of the show but mm. i wanted to talk before we left though is that i so i think both of these i think the thing I, one of the things i really liked about this episode in addition to it just being quite funny is that i think that this episode has a really strong theme of like this kind of cognitive dissonance of basically about how you have these really powerful biases 
that are instilled with you from like culture and and like upbringing and stuff that those biases might actually end up arraying themselves against what you actually perceive in the world around you, basically that your, your own experiences, like you were saying, kind of like if you have a, a bias about a group of people and then maybe you start experiencing actually those people in the, in a group and being like, Oh wait, this is not actually, this is how this person acts, you know? A- and I think both mm-hmm. of these where it's, it's kind of less about quark. Cause quark doesn't really seem to have learned a lot of lessons by the end of this episode. But like, I think certainly for like, for Zek, it's this kind of thing of like, well, I love Ishka, but like, surely women aren't, as a gender, women aren't actually capable or, or sh- they shouldn't be doing all this stuff. They shouldn't be wearing clothes. They shouldn't be doing profit. Yeah. And like kind of having to run up against like what he's actually experiencing with like. But also Ishka's like a very like smart, like incapable business person, right? Yeah. Like is, and it, it actually is giving him. Like giving him advice. good financial advice, kind of even when they met. Yeah. Because that's the story of how they met is that like they were like she was was basically like sending him these notes of advice on how to win a game. Right. Like yeah, they, they were like at a they're playing Tonga, which is like kind of like uh, Frankie poker. Yeah. And they and they, they were playing in the women's the women's cl- the women's league and the men's league and the women's league. I think they say is like in the basement or something. <laughs> um, right. And then she like was like sending him like notes that had advice in them. And then, like, later on, he found out that, like, she was a woman. Yeah. And so, like, that's going on there. And then on the other, on the other side, like, there's this thing about, about Rom where, you know, Rom originally isn't even really considering this prenup thing. Like, he, he just is like, yeah, I want to I wanna do some things that she respects. And so I'm – he's wearing, like, the Bajoran earring, which I think is very funny. And then he is, like, learning this, like, Bajoran prayer or something. And they're going to have, like, a Bajoran – ceremony you know she's going to be wearing clothes so like that's obviously very not frangy and and then only kind of once it's pointed out to him they're like oh you're not going to be doing frangy stuff then he's like oh wait should i be doing frangy stuff like he's like well i'm i'm subsuming my cultural identity into hers and like you know being raised to believe that there is something inherently valuable about like all these things which maybe there is there isn't actually you know and so he has to come to terms with that himself and by the end of it not even necessarily has he come to the point that like none of that stuff is important, but he's saying that like what's more important is that I love this person and I want her to be with me, and so I'm willing to give that stuff up. And I I don't know I just I really I think that's an interesting like little like bit of like characterization and kind of thematic self realization to weave into this like very very like broad sitcommy episode of television. Um, because even even too like there's a little thing of like not necessarily like accepting cultural stuff kind of self-realization but like the, even the, there's like the one scene with with Odo and and Worf in this episode is this like scene where basically uh, uh Odo has arrested Martok because uh he threw a man off of the the promenade balcony and uh, yeah. thing, and then and then Worf says well, that was a disciplinary measure. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and then the Cisco basically says, like, Odo, let him out. Worf, tell him that he if he does that again, he's fired. Basically, he can't and, do that. You know, even so, he has to kind of deal with like this these two totally different ways of doing things. Where like one one of the groups feels like this action is entirely culturally acceptable, and the other one is like this this is entirely you know this is this is an arrestable prosecutable offense you know um and 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I really thought it was just it was handled really well. And yeah, and then it's just it's just so silly too that it just was it was just a very fun episode to watch. <laughs> yeah. I also liked one joke that, that I enjoyed the most was that apparently in, in Frankie culture the term uh paying your respects is literal. Yes. Um like when you so when you come in to see the the Grand Nagus, you have to pay your respects, which means you actually like take money and put it into a jar to pay him for the Yeah. Uh, so we haven't privilege talked about of seeing him. Yeah, we haven't talked about that. So is there any other like stuff you you said you want to talk about like the the finance culture stuff? Like uh but let's talk about, let's talk about that a little bit if you have more you want to talk about there cuz I I think that stuff is really fun and interesting too. Yeah, I, that was the one that it, that I I enjoyed the most. Like mm-hmm. kind of like made me chuckle. Um yeah. I think just the just the idea that like the you know the leader of political leader of of the Ferengi is actually just like the person who like runs all of the or like is just like the most successful and profitable businessman um or like kind of like oversees all of the like business deals yeah it's a very it's a very um like trumpian thing almost i don't want to i i, I kind of don't want to re- <laughs> overuse that word too much but it, it's just a, it's a it's just funny to think about because like that is kind of that was one of the original sales pitches for him was like you know he he's i'm gonna make all these he made deals in the in the corporate world and he's going to make all these deals for the United States as president. And obviously, I don't think that turned out well. I don't. Honestly, I, it doesn't. My understanding, you know, is that he's not even really a very good businessman. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it it's just funny to the, the, again. It's it's just one of those things where Star Star Trek or DS Nine in particular, I think, kind of weirdly predicting the future a little bit. Where it's like, yeah, you're as you said, like you know, he's he's made the best deals, and so he's he's the he's the president now. You know, and that's really yeah. all that the Ferengi care yeah, about. Yeah, and like people come to him for like financial advice, right? Like they, that's kind of like how they like supplicate him as they like come to him and are just like, "This is this deal I'm t- thinking about. What should I do?" And he is able to like give them advice because he knows the, you know, he has like all the like history of the values of commodities and that, and so and and he gets a cut too. You know, every time that he makes a deal like that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It's there's at least one other episode that we haven't watched yet where that kind of the paying respects thing comes back, but also you basically find out that like they have to pay on Frankenair for almost any transaction where it's like they, they have to like, oh, there's like a fee. Yeah. Like someone comes to like, I think Quark has to come to see the Nagus and is, and so he has to pay for parking and then he has to pay to talk to the receptionist to tell the receptionist that he's there. And then he has to pay to sit in the chair <laughs> and it's, yeah, like it, he's just keep on, there's just slots everywhere for coins and he just keeps on having to put coins into different things like, or Aladdin or whatever. Um, it's pretty funny. Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, well, yeah, if you don't have anything else, I think I'm, I'm good on this episode. It was, a, it was another fun one. Yeah. The, the only thing just as I'm going through the memory alpha article that I thought was worth noting is apparently the working title of this episode was, how Quark acquired his groove back. <laughs> Why didn't they keep that? Which oh, they did not go with. They should have. They should have. They really should have. It's okay. Futurama got to got to use it yeah. later on. Uh, the other thing I was going to say, too, is that... Um, and I, I can't believe I forgot to say it until now. Is that every time that I see this episode name, I just think about the Paul McCartney song, Silly Love Songs. Okay. And so I just, when I was, when I would, was, I told Kim recently that, that we were, that this was the next one we were watching and I was just singing to myself, 
you think that people would have had enough of Ferengi love songs. Uh, it doesn't quite, it's like there's like an extra, there's an extra syllable on there, so it doesn't quite scan 100%, but it's close enough that Ferengi and Silly are close enough that I, I couldn't, I can't get that out of my head, but, um, a good, a good late period Wings single from Paul McCartney, in my opinion. Not everyone likes that song, but, uh, that's what I think of every time I, I see this episode title. There you go. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this episode. Uh, this was a fun one. Uh, we come on every other Sunday, so in a couple weeks we're going to be back with Voyager Season 7, Episode 20, which is called Author, Author. And uh, so we, we'll come back, you watch that one, come back and check it out, uh, our show. And uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts, you can email us at outcontracts at gmail.com, you can visit us on YouTube at Out of Contracts, or you can go to our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. Uh, uh, contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S um, You can also listen to the other shows On the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network Which we are a part of There's Here's Johnny Which is a horror media podcast There's That's Not How Science Works Which is a science and pop culture podcast And there is Wizard Studies Which is a Harry Potter podcast So yeah, check out any of those out And then come back in a couple weeks And we'll we'll see you then Thanks everybody for listening Alright, thanks everybody